Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. Maggie Lindemann going to be hanging out with us very soon. She's a brand new EP that we're going to dissect. It's called Paranoia. We have a lot to discuss. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with those you care about, and yeah, thank you for hanging out and giving us your energy. Maggie Lindemann, here we go. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. We got Dan here. Yo, yo. And we welcome to the show, back again, Maggie Linderman. Hey. Hi, guys. <laughs> we have an entire album to dissect today. I'm very excited about it because uh, I went on an emotional journey listening to Paranoia. It was like this manic trip. Um, what is this album to you? Like, what? How do you see it today? Because it's been out in the world for a couple weeks now. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of the same thing. Um, I started writing it in 2019, just when I was going through, like, so many different things. And mm. the main thing being paranoia, which is why it's called that. But um, just, like, living in this house and experiencing all this, like, paranoia. And um, basically, the EP is literally just, like, talking through the steps of, like, my paranoia and, like, life I was experiencing. And the last song being in quarantine. <laughs> So e- e- th- this album documents up until how recently? Uh, it was like, I want to say midway through 2020. Like the very last song was It's Not Your Fault. And that one we put on like literally a month before I announced the EP. Maybe even like a couple weeks before I announced the EP. The last song is in quarantine. How is that song different? And what song is it? Is it exactly? Is it? It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. How is that song different than the rest of the album? And is quarantine reflected in it in any way? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just about being in this like repetitive cycle, and obviously being in quarantine, like we don't have as many opportunities to like get out and do new things. Mm-hmm. And I know, like I've seen a lot of people in relationships either struggling or they're doing great. But right now is like definitely a time that you're really like forced to deal with someone like that you're with and you're really forced to like see them in every single like aspect so sometimes that can be hard because it's like for me I'm a person that like loves to get out and do new things like I love to like go to the aquarium and go to I don't know just go shopping like do anything and we're so restricted right now so I don't know it's been hard um, at a few points for me, just because I feel like I'm in this repetitive cycle and I have like nothing new to do. But the truth is, it's not your fault. It's the fault of our world yeah. and the, the the panorama we're, we're we're all experiencing. I mean, nobody is immune to what we're going on in some way. Like it's affected everybody. I don't care who you are. Yeah, seriously. What, what does it feel like to be able to write a song in the moment and then get it out there into the world relatively quickly, especially when some of the, the, a lot of this album was made years ago? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I like quick turnarounds because, I mean, obviously I hate sitting on a song for like two years because I just want everyone to hear it. So it was really cool for that reason. But then also it's like, and some of my older songs, like I don't feel that way anymore. Like a lot of them, like I'm not experiencing anymore and like I'm over it but the newer stuff it's like maybe I'm still experiencing it but with it's not your fault it's like that was such a little tiny blimp in my life that like I don't experience that at all anymore and I don't know it's funny because you just never know I guess (laughs) is paranoia something you still deal with today 
Yeah, definitely. Mostly at night. I am a very, very paranoid person. Can you explain what it feels like to deal with that on a daily basis? And like, what do you experience every night? Yeah, it's really frustrating because I experience it most when I'm trying to go to sleep. I, uh, any noise I hear, I like just freak out and, uh, I don't know. I have to like constantly, like I'll lay down and I'll hear noise and I'll have to like sit up and look around my whole room. And that happens like last night I was experiencing, experiencing a lot of paranoia. And I think I stayed up like past the time I laid in bed, like two hours, just experiencing that over and over and over again. So it's like, at some point it just drives you crazy. Cause it's like, I know nothing's there, but my brain is literally telling me, like, no, like, someone is standing in the corner of your room. Like, you feel their eyes. Just check. Just check. And when that happens so many times, it's, like, exhausting. So how does it go from something you experience late at night into an actual physical album? Is there a defining moment where your paranoia was just so thick that you're like, yo, this needs – I need to take these feelings and emotions and let them flow into a body of work? Or do you create the album and then go, this is the name that sum- sums this up? I was just in that cycle for a really long time. And it just felt like something that was going on a lot in my life. And just with things that are happening a lot, I just tend to write about them. So one night, actually, I was texting someone, though, because I, I literally thought someone was breaking into my house. It turned out to just be my roommate. Mm. But I was sleeping with a knife under my pillow and I actually sent him a picture of the knife under my pillow. And I was like, don't worry, I have a knife under my pillow. Like I'm going to be okay. Uh, (laughs) Um, and then that's how I came up with knife under my pillow, that title. And from there I was like, paranoia, like that's really sick. And I kind of just ran with it. So, okay. Do you go into the studio the next day and go, Hey guys, you wouldn't believe it, but I slept with a knife under my pillow and we need to write a song about this because it's only you and two other writers on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I was just experiencing a lot of paranoia and I was reading through my text and I thought that was like a really funny title. (laughs) And I was like, guys, like I literally sleep with a knife under my pillow. Like, I feel like that's so cool. And then we kind of were just like, wait, yeah, that's like really cool. Let's talk about that because I feel like some people can relate to that. Strangely, Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a cool title. I think it's cool, but I also think it's kind of dangerous. What if you roll around and get get poked? Yeah, I get asked that a lot, actually. But I sleep with a, a like a switchblade, so it's like retractable, you know. So like, I won't poke myself. <laughs> I don't like that you have to live in a world where you have to sleep with a knife under your pillow. I don't you do either. not deserve this. I don't either. It's the worst. Knife under my pillow. That was the lead single off the EP, right? Okay, great. Because when I heard that, I said, yes, this is this is great. This is phenomenal. This is what I felt like you should always be making. I, I don't, I don't want to say like what took so long, but I don't know how else to say it. So what took so long to get to this sound? Uh, when I first started making music, I was just really young and I didn't really know like what kind of music I wanted to make. I just knew I wanted to make music. So then when I got signed to a label, obviously I'm young. Um, I have a look that can be very pop. And it felt like, just like with Pretty Girl, it blew up so big, obviously. And then from a label's perspective, like they want you to continue with that Mm -hmm. because obviously it makes money and we know it's going to work. So let's continue with that. And for a while, it was kind of this like internal battle with 
do I want to do what I actually want to do or do I want to make money and like, no, I'm going to be successful and be comfortable. Um, so it kind of just was that for a really long time. Just like I was too scared to do it because I just didn't want to risk me possibly failing and, you know, being in this like terrible situation. So eventually just got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore and I just wasn't having fun and it just didn't feel like me and it felt like I was like lying to people. So I just was like, all right. I'm going to do this. You always kind of like teetered on the border of like ska and a little bit of punk. And, you know, I was watching our our last conversation and going through my last set of notes. And the truth is, this is the proper evolution. I think sonically, um, I use the word manic when I first describe the album. And I say that only because on some records you're screaming and I mean, would you consider that genre that you you, you you created within Screamo, right? Yeah, I guess so. Then you have a song like Love Songs, which is like so soft and so delicate and, I mean, like for lack of a better phrase, like the opposite of you screaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why was it important to include just the dichotomy, the, I don't know, it, it's, it seems to be like a roller coaster for a reason. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely, like I was saying, like a walkthrough of my life and what I was experiencing and like my brain. And I'm just very all over the place and I can never stick with one thing at all in my life. So I don't know. It's just literally a walkthrough of my brain and like all the emotions and like the craziness. And yeah, I also want to like stick with one very, very specific sound. Like I wanted there to be a variety for people that maybe don't like screaming you know sorry i gotta hit pause to tell you about one of my favorites native deodorant it's my favorite for many reasons it's made with things that we understand like coconut oil shea butter tapioca starch it's also vegan and never tested on animals and native has a bunch of different scents that's guaranteed to make your nose dance my current favorite is eucalyptus and mint. Also, I'm a big lavender and rose guy. And native, I mean, they're better for so many reasons, including better for our earth. They finally have figured out how to make deodorant plastic free. So come on, buy native with me. Just go to nativedeo.com. You'll get 20% off. nativedeo.com slash Zach. Go there. nativedeo.com slash Zach. And you get risk-free shopping along with the purchase. So you get 30 days to make returns or exchanges. But I'm telling you, there's like 16,000 five-star reviews, so you're going to like what you put on your pits. NativeDO.com slash Zach, or use my name, Zach. When you're checking out, you'll get 20% off your first purchase. NativeDO.com slash Zach. The last stuff you put out there, everything after Pretty Girl, the last kind of era, was that music you, or is that music what you felt like you had to be? I feel like it was a part of me at a time. Like it, the lyrics to Pretty Girl resonated with me. Um, but it was like the whole vibe of it never felt like me. I felt like I was trying to fit into that character. So it's weird because like when I talk about Pretty Girl and I like obsessed, it feels like I'm talking about like someone else's music. Like I just don't feel like that was me at all. Um, but it's like, some of the lyrics, I'm like, yes, that was totally me at the time. But it, the whole pink and 
Um, all that stuff just was someone that I was like trying to be and like play this role so that it was more like realistic. So are you nervous to share who you really are because who you really are is not pink? It's, uh, it's black. (laughs) Um, I was nervous at first, but I mean, it definitely first started with my style. Like I started dressing the way I wanted and it wasn't that I was like nervous. It was just more of like, I knew people would be like, oh, like following trends or you're you change like are you okay like is something going on and it's like when people change to a darker style everyone thinks it's a phase automatically like Mm. but no one like if i started dressing pink and like being like super girly and stuff no one would be like oh is this a phase like are you okay so it was kind of just that thing like i didn't want to deal with people like trying to like are, are you being authentic? Like, I didn't want to deal with that, but it just got to the point where I was like, oh, I don't even care. Like, I just want to do it. And I just like, who cares? Is it easier to make music in this current era than it was before? Yes. Way easier. Like, I have fun doing it. I know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't feel like I'm trying to come up with things that like I would say mm. it's more, it's just like natural. What is it like working with sick uh, I was going to say sick Brian, but it's sick brain. <laughs> it's so funny because we always joke about that. And I always call her sick Brian, but yeah, it's sick brain. Um, she's my best friend. So it was so fun working with her. And I just think she's so cool. And uh, she's a really, really good songwriter and she's just really talented. So I really wanted to work with her and just do a song. And we literally wrote it in like two hours or something. It was insane. What fuels a record like Gaslight? Where does that come from? Does somebody gaslight you? Do you gaslight? Do you witness gaslighting? What is gaslighting? Oh, Dan, learn an SAT <laughs> word. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, gaslighting is like, I was trying to give this definition to someone recently, and it was, I don't know why I had such a hard time doing it, but it's like, you know, when, like, okay, say if you got cheated on, and then you were like, hey, like, why would you cheat on me? Why would you do this? And they're like, God, you know, I wouldn't have had to cheat on you if you want to be so stupid. Like, you're mm. just so dumb. Like, I had to cheat on you. Like, I can't tell you I'm sorry because I already said I'm sorry. According it's to like the... That, okay. That, she, she's on it. According to the dictionary, gaslight means manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity, which... uh Oh, they make you feel like you're the crazy person. It, yeah, like, you're crazy and, like, oh, I cheated on you because it's your fault and mm. I shouldn't have to apologize to you because it already happened so long ago. Gotcha. Oh. Are you are you okay. learning new things? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that that was a thing. What what? Oh yeah. That there was a word for it? Yeah, no, I I knew that that was a thing. Yeah. I knew that, but I didn't know gaslighting was the name of it. Yes. I feel like I don't know, like I've been gaslighted so much and I know she's been gaslighted and um we listen to a lot of like that type of music when we're together, like Suicide Boys, Nascarallo, like all that kind of stuff. So going into the studio, we were just listening to that the whole way. And we were like, dude, let's just do something so crazy. But we're girls. So it's like, I feel like there's not so, so many like girl representation of mm. of what we were listening to on the way. We were like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to kind of like switch the narrative and like a girl be talking about how like you're gaslighting me, but I'm not going to give into it. And like, you're going to pay. Now, why was this the perfect song to bring back screams? Because a lot of this pop punk is coming back, but nobody is really doing the screaming that much. I mean, she screams in her music. So I was like, 
I just think it'd be sick. And I don't scream, but I've always wanted to do something with screaming. And I just felt like it would be a perfect song for it. There's a real technique to screaming properly and for it to be, you know, pleasant to the ears, correct? Yeah. Does she teach you or do you just go in (laughs) and let it wail? I mean, I can't scream. I feel like it would not be pleasant on the ears at all. I don't know. She hasn't had any like teachings or anything no one's taught her she's just like i'm just naturally gifted screamer it it does take skill because i grew up listening to like census fail hawthorne heights and they have phenomenal screamers and i'll go in the car and try to scream and i sound like an idiot yeah so there is like a technique to it and i just can't figure out what it is yeah it's like this scream but it's like a sing and it's like i don't know yeah i just sound like screaming have you tried yeah (laughs) (laughs) Of course I've tried, but it's just terrible. Scissor Hands is another great record on this album. Really, really good. Um, Thank you. Are, are you Scissor Hands? Yeah. Mm. I feel like probably. I get that. I, I, I like. I, by the way, I feel understood by the record, top to bottom. Uh, does something ha- like what happens to start this, and and how do you come up with the name? Well, I love Edward Scissor Hands. I love the movie. I love what it's about. Um, I don't know. I just watched it and I just felt like the story was so sad, but so beautiful. And I just love the characters and I just wanted to write a song about it. So directly from the movie, not from your life. Yeah. I mean, the movie inspired it. And then I was like, oh, I like feel like I can relate to this sad boy (laughs) that like comes from his home and is like forced to live in this life. And Everyone turns out like, oh, why aren't you perfect? And it's like, how do you expect me to be? You know, I don't know. I just felt like I felt that. The uh, the the knife cutting sounds in that song are, I don't want to say the f word, but sick. Thank you. How did you guys make those? They're actually forks clinking together, which is funny because it sounds so sick, but it's literally us like going like this with forks who discovers that how do you discover that well i was like do we have any knives like i feel like a knife little like section would be cool yeah. and then he was like well i don't have knives but i have forks and we we're like uh, that'll work actually <laughs> and it sounds amazing so it works is that a decision that's made while you're making the song or do you guys listen to it afterwards you're like okay what can really make this song the best it could be well, so Scissor Hands actually took a couple of days. Like, we did Scissor Hands the first day, and then I got the mix back of the production. It sounded completely different. And then we went back in again, and then I was like, okay, we I feel like Scissor sounds would be really cool right here. And then that's when we did those sounds. And then it even, like, we went back into the studio, like, two more times after that to try to, like make the production even crazier and the lyrics and stuff. So that song was like the longest to do, but it was a process. Yeah. Is there a song off this album that resonates the most with you today that maybe didn't before? I feel like crash and burn and I still feel like different is like my biggest song. What's the story behind different? So different happened when I just basically went through this like really traumatic moment in my life like it was just a really scary time and um I came back home and within like like a week I went into the studio and 
at the time I wasn't like going to therapy or anything. So music was my therapy and still is, but being in the studio was like my moment to talk about everything and like really get it out and like just try to talk through this moment. Mm. And, um, so yeah, that's how different came about. And the first day we actually just did melody passes and we were just talking like basically just a literal therapy session and just did melody passes. And then the next day we came in and wrote the lyrics and it was like such a crazy like release for me and like this like very relieving moment. It was pent up and it came from an event. Is that correct? Yes. When was this? How long ago? Um, this was in like the end of June, uh, 2019. Was that the Malaysia thing? Yes. How long after that event do you turn it into a song? Like how long do you sit with that? Well, I actually had, so I had this, like, I, I immediately was like, oh, I really want to get into a session. And everyone was kind of like, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, we can just wait and just take your time with it. And I was like, no, like, I really, really think that I just need to get into a session yeah. because if I, I'm going to kind of go crazy. Um, so I think it was like a little over a week. Like, I think it was like 10 days or something that I waited. Um, and then I went into the studio like literally 10 days later and wrote it and I mean I feel like it was just like needed because I like I said like I wasn't in therapy or anything for it so it was just something that like was my therapy and I just really needed that and I needed to be around people that would like listen to me and help me make it like make something good out of the situation I'm assuming that it wasn't just that moment that was probably the the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak right I'm sure you were probably performing a ton there was a lot going on your whole world was different in, in the mm -hmm. summer of 2019 like your reality was in the process of changing forever that's correct right if I have poor perception of time now that we've been through a pandemic but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like when we first met you, like it was really popping off. Things were becoming different for you. Yeah, it was like right before I think we had our had our first interview. When you look back at that moment, are you grateful for it at all? Or do you realize that you've become a better artist because of it? Um, I think I'm definitely a better artist. I don't know if it's because of it. I definitely if I could go back and change the situation, I would and I would not live through it. Um, but I mean, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, even if it's a terrible reason or whatever it is. So I want to say I'm grateful for it, but mm. everything happens for a reason. Is there ever a feeling of like, okay, whatever somebody can throw at me next, I can deal with it a little bit easier next time. Yeah, I think maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it definitely, I don't know, like I'm more on my toes now. Like I'm definitely more prepared like I will never like I will always make sure to have absolutely everything in place for everything I do going forward like I will never let anything slip past me which is something that before I just like never did like I would just obviously let like my manager handle it or like yeah. you know who's ever supposed to be handling it I would just let that happen but I think um now like I just always make sure like me and my manager are like on top of everything. We always make sure like we know what's going on just so we're not ever, yeah, like blindsided or anything. And now you have a record, uh, an incredible record. Why does this song mean so much to you today? Maybe does it mean something different today than what it meant to you when you were making it? Yeah, it definitely means something different, but I still think it's the like I have 
anxiety and obviously I go through what most people go through with like their insecurities or you know like confidence or um just like wanting to literally be someone different (laughs) um which I just experience all the time like I always look back and I'm like oh should I have done stuff different should I have like I just wish I could be someone different um but I mean I guess it's normal to have these moments but yeah I've definitely been experiencing that especially a lot in quarantine because we just have like so much time to think so much time to reflect right and like I I do the same thing and I like to think to myself oh when I think about those moments where I could have done a thousand things different and my life would have maybe been this uh, so much different or maybe better or worse I like to convince myself that by thinking about them I'm learning from it but uh I think it's all to be honest yeah (laughs) I was going to ask if you and Brandon are together, but I think the love songs uh, music video answered that question for me. Yeah. So <laughs> why did you name a love song to your boyfriend love songs? I don't know. I just like I was thinking of titles for it. And I just like when people name stuff like something that is like either obvious, <laughs> but it's like not a lyric, but it's like obvious or it's like completely random and has nothing to do with anything that you know of. Um, and I don't know. I just thought love songs was like funny and it just fit because it's a love song. Now, what's uh, what's his reaction when you first show him the song like that? Uh, he loved it. He was just so excited because he had written me so many songs already. And like he would always send them to me, but he has never had anyone write a song for him. So he was just like so excited about it. And it was supposed to only be for him. But then I sent it to my manager and he loved it. So we ended up putting it out was it a hard decision to put it on this album because it is sonically really different than what else is on there yeah it was it was one of the first ones actually so it was literally like different love songs and yeah it was literally those two those were like the first ones and so at that time it felt like it could still go a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm cool with putting it out. But then as time went on, I was like, does this make sense? Like, I don't, I can't tell. But I think overall, like, I'm really happy that it came out because it is this, like, really personal song. And it is, like, this time stamp memory that's, like, in my life. And no matter what happens, like, it does mark, like, just a really, really happy time in my life. And um, I don't know, like, it's a good moment. So I don't want to forget about it. And by the way, it does fit like it's paranoia. Like it, this seems like the weird random stages of life. And I keep using roller coaster and that's just because you didn't, I, I never knew what I was going to get out of the next record, um, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. That's, yeah, you know, it's what I want. As I go through who you worked with on the project, there seems to be a couple names that recur, right? Uh, Cody and Jenna, uh, the, the, the collaborators that you've collaborated a couple times over why is that important? Why is it important to, to understand and to know who you're working with? I just feel like I've had so many sessions with so many different people throughout my career. And it's really hard to find someone that you like really, really connect with and just have a, like an instant good vibe with. And with like Cody, he was in my very first session that I did for different And I just felt, like, this instant bond with him. Like, he is just so talented and so, like, kind and never made me feel like I needed to, like, rush through a story or, like, change topics or, like, never made me feel stupid about anything I was doing. 
which for me, like, I don't know, I'm really sensitive. So when someone makes me feel like dumb or gives me like any inkling that they're like not vibing with me, I'm like immediately off of it. So like that was just such an amazing session. And then from there, like I kept working with a lot of people that were in that session. Um, and then I met like Josh later on and Alex and same thing, like this instant connection where they just made me feel so safe and at home and like Paris is just an angel. And I don't know, it's just important to me to have like a good group of people that are around you that like genuinely support you and want the best for you and like not just in it for money or whatever. I think that's like really important for everybody who listens to music to remember, but also at the same time to remember that like these sessions are mostly you talking about life and then turning yep. the life into records. So, you know, it's really about you opening up and sharing your and I mean, it's rough to share your someone who, who gives off the sign that they don't really care about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, or is bored by it or wants to move on from it. And yeah. it's like it, it's it's you got to get the balance and the people right. It's it's hard. It is. Yeah. Or just, I don't know. It's just weird to be in a session talking about stuff. And then you're like, is this person going to go like talk about me to the friends after the session? Like, am I about to hear stuff about me around LA? Like, and nah, that, I, the risk is real. It is. Cause I mean, they're not your therapist. They're not, they didn't sign something that they can't go tell everyone about it. So I don't know. It's scary. How do you find producers and other musicians that are willing to work with you to get the sound you want? And they're not like, Hey, why don't we try to do that again? I mean, I've definitely had sessions like that. But again, I think it's just finding like a good group of people that aren't like that. And that's kind of why I've been working with the same people for this whole EP and hope to continue working with for my album because they just genuinely like believe in me and my vision and they're willing to like, you know, do whatever it takes for me to be happy with what we're doing instead of them being happy with it. And I don't know, I feel like that's, like the best thing you can have with people you work with. So what elements of paranoia are you taking with you as you create your album? I mean, it's definitely going to be the same sound, like definitely still alternative pop punk. Um, hopefully going to be more screamo on it. <laughs> I would love that. Um, I definitely want to like collab with more people uh, in that world. And I don't know. I definitely just want to continue to grow though. Like I want it to sound the same, but like elevated. Uh, so I don't know. Hopefully it'll, it'll be like paranoia, but better. Do you see yourself as one of the people ushering in a new generation of pop punk? Punk, maybe not pop punk, you know, whatever you want to call it, alternative music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say that cause I don't know. I feel like weird to say that about myself. Cause I'm just like doing my thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's definitely like this new wave. Like we have like machine gun Kelly, which is insane. His album was number one yeah. and it's a pop punk album in 2020, like in 2020, that's like literally insane. And I mean, we still have like bring me the rise coming out with insane albums and Avril Lavigne's coming back and mod son. And I don't know. It's just cool to be a part of it. Like, whether I'm helping or not, it's just cool to be a part of it. <laughs> I think it's cool to see more girls getting involved because, like you said, you have Machine Gun Kelly, Mod Sun, Young Blood, and yes, Avril's coming back, but it's cool to see another female getting involved in this whole pop punk craze. I agree, but also Avril never went anywhere. Like I don't know what y'all oh, are yeah. saying. Oh, she didn't go anywhere, but she did. <laughs> but release a. It just a, was less pop punky. It was yeah. just a little bit more pop leaning. I get it. Which... It wasn't Skater Boy, but there was depth to the body of work. Okay. But she's coming back, like, pop punk, full swing. Like, she's coming back. 
So that's what I mean. Avril Lavigne is, of course, still here. She's a queen. But Avril Lavigne, I love you. Avril Lavigne, I love you. Please notice me. <laughs> Manifest that, dude. I mean, I... I've been manifesting it since I was like eight years old. I'm oh, waiting. then what's going on? She's really one of the the greatest energies of my life. Have you ever I, met her? I haven't. Oh, I don't want to brag, but we've skateboarded with her. <laughs> I do have a question though. You see all these guys collabing, like Young Blood, Mod Sun, Machine Gun Kelly, whoever it may be. Why haven't you got involved in this yet? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't been asked, but I would love to. Um, I don't know. I would love to collab with them, with any of them. They're all so talented. Um, I really want to collab with Kellen Quinn. That's like my, mm. that's like the one person I, like once I collab with, I can like be done. I'll just quit right then and there. <laughs> He's just, I don't know. That's like the one person that I've always said, like, I just really, really want to meet and I just really want to collab with or even if he doesn't want to collab, like, I just want to write a song with him. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like I'm still, like, new, so I get why I haven't done more stuff yet with other people, but I hope to in the future, for sure. I would love to see your Avril Lavigne collab. I would love to see maybe a Travis Barker thing. You've worked with Travis before, though, haven't you? Do yeah, you, I did. Do you do a Pretty yeah. Girl remix? Uh, no, I did a Friends Go remix with him. Oh, I knew it was a remix. I knew he threw drums on something. Um, but then there is like the fresh crop, like JXDN, Jaden Hosler, and then uh, – Nessa. Nessa's getting into it. Goody Grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, yeah, Goody's insane too. But see, the crazy thing is like I do think of you as like an original because your evolution has been very clear to me sonically from the, the last body of work that I really dove into. And I'm really excited to watch you to continue to evolve. Is the album as we speak – is it finished? Is it in process? Like, where are you at? It's not finished, but I have started on it. There's like two or three songs right now, um, but I am working on it. But I'm still working on so much stuff for the EP right now that hasn't come out yet. So it's it's so all over the place right now. So much is going on. Okay. So why was the, the Paranoia meant to be an EP and not an album? So I went back and forth about this a lot because there were so many songs originally and everyone kept saying like you can't have this many songs on an ep uh, so it was that battle of like should i come out with an album but i was i don't know i just really didn't want to have like my first body of work be an album um i just felt like that was such like an album is like an album you know everyone remembers your albums like you know if this ep turned out to be awful, like, it's okay, because it's an EP. And <laughs> the world will move it's on. It's not an album yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just didn't want to have, like, something so, like, out yet. And yeah. um, I don't know, I'm still evolving. So I know that in, like, two years, I'm probably going to look at this EP and be like, oh, I could have done so much better on these songs and, like, blah, blah, blah. So, so I don't know. What is your expectation for when you look back or listen back to your album? I want... To listen back and just be, like, proud of it and just not feel, like, embarrassed about it, but feel like this was, like, a really good place to start. And I feel like that about my EP still, but who knows how I'll feel in, like, a couple years. Um, but, yeah, I just want to be, like, proud of it and I just want it to be, like, a really good starting place. Do you have, like, a general goal that you keep in mind when you make music, like... I mean, it could be anything like, you know, I want this record to be good 50 years from now or it could be, you know, I just want this record to capture me in the moment. Yeah, I mean, 
it's kind of both like on a couple of the songs i really really wanted to make them like stand out because you know when you listen to like all these songs like misery business I the first second of misery business you yes. know it's misery business like you don't have to listen to it to know um and i kind of just wanted that like i want it to be in 10 years like you hear the first note and you're like oh i like this is it's not your fault like i know that so i kind of i don't know i just wanted to like make its mark and just like have people remember it and also listen back and be like oh my god i remember when the song came out like i love this song it's like nostalgic for me like i was in i was in 10th grade when this song came out like i wanted to be that kind of thing hell yeah i mean dude yeah i think Haley williams just tweeted today she's ready for a new paramore album did she really yeah i think so i think she said uh she said something about how she wrote a lot for her solo album but she wants to Put it into a new Paramore album. <sighs> I yeah. hope so. It's been like five years, I think. Four or five years yeah. since the last one out. Yeah. I thought it was longer uh, than that. 2017, I think. I saw her perform when she had red hair at Bamboozle. It was very hot. <laughs> it was a parking lot. It captures the sun. It was amazing. Does it feel cool to be categorized with those people in a way? Like you have Haley Williams, you have Avril, and now people are starting to talk about Maggie Lindemann in the same kind of way? Yes. It's literally insane to me. I feel like I am not worthy but um it's just so i don't know those are like literally my idols those are people i've looked up to since i was like literally a child so it's insane to be even next to their names like for anyone to even put me in the same sentence is like such an honor you know what i'm the most excited about is when this all is all going to die down and vaccines are you know distributed and people are vaccinated I need to see Bamboozle and or Warp Tour re- return. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but it, it seems to me like there's a thick enough base of artists here to build a summer tour around. Absolutely. Or a festival. I mean, I think Bamboozle and maybe even Warp Tour might be before your time, Maggie. I don't know. I'm like no, myself. No. <laughs> like, Warp Tour is definitely my time. I think Bamboozle might be, but Warp Tour. Oh. I remember Warp Tour very vividly. Pretty sick. Warp Tour was pretty f- cool, but Bamboozle really. I mean, I loved Warp Tour. I've gone to so many, but Bamboozle was everything. It's a New Jersey staple, baby. Mm-hmm. Kesha performed oh. at Warp Tour. Oh yeah, I remember that. Anyway, um, Par- so iconic. Yeah, it was iconic. I mean, it was weird to think of like, uh, you know, f- in that moment for Kesha to be like an alternative artist, but the truth is, she was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I miss that scene. I miss live music. When you you listen back, sorry, what were you? Sorry. Oh, nothing. I just said, yeah, me too. I miss. Uh, yeah, oh. I want Warp Tour to come back. Well, I want to know about your live uh, this album and turning it into a live performance. Like this is something you don't even you haven't even given thought to yet, right? Oh, I've definitely given thought to it. Really? For sure. Yeah, of course. Like so, when I'm making, I give it thought. Like I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I just can't even wait. That diamond on your tooth, is it a diamond? What is it? Oh, yeah. I have tooth gems. Of, so of course. Wow. What is like? Is it like a real gem? What's... I have a, I have a knife. A knife on this tooth. Oh. And then I have like this whole tooth blinged out. Is it the same and knife that's I under have... your pillow? It is the same knife under my pillow. <laughs> um, Actually, they, you know, size it down. But it is the same. <laughs> it looks yeah. really cool. 
can you brush yeah. your teeth with those in or you take them out at night? No, I, I do brush my teeth with them in. Did you have to go to the dentist to get those put in? No. She went no, to this girl just came and did it. Really? And yeah. She's not a dentist. Well, no. I don't know. I would maybe feel like I always have a piece of something stuck in my tooth, like a popcorn well, kernel. Because you do. There well, is yeah. something stuck well, in your tooth. That's what I mean, but it's pretty annoying you have something stuck in your tooth. So, like, is it comfortable on a daily basis? Yeah, it is. Like, the first day you get it put on, like, you can feel it on your lips, which is kind of weird. But I also had braces for, like, literally six years. So, mm. I'm I'm used to it. Like, I don't mind it. Well, the last question I have, and tell me this is too personal, but... Uh, what did you do on Valentine's Day? Because I saw a picture you posted, and it sounded like looked like the greatest Valentine's Day ever. Oh, we um, love. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I went to Joshua Tree with Brandon. He got us like this place, and we just stayed the night there. And we got Dickies, which was really good. I haven't had Dickies in so long. It's like barbecue. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> we're both from Texas, so like <laughs> yeah. Nikki's barbecue, like, yeah. yeah, it's really good. So we did that, and yeah, it was just really fun to just get away. And then we drove back yesterday, and okay, because you posted a photo of yourself eating Pizza Hut in a car on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, that was on the way. Oh, okay. We stopped at Pizza Hut on the way, and then ate it in the car, which was amazing. This is real love between you two, because y'all have been together for a couple years now. Yeah, almost. Well, yeah, two years, two years. What about a Maggie Brandon EP? Okay, relax. Oh, am I getting too ahead of myself <laughs> That's a little here? corny. I mean, you I know. I mean, it could be fun. You're together all the time. I know he's a phenomenal producer and songwriter, so it makes sense in a way. When the time is right, don't milk I'm anything too quick. I'm not forcing it. I'm not saying now, but I'm just <laughs> wondering if you guys ever talk about it or you kind of keep working, you know, relationships separate. No, he always asks if we can make music. I actually had him on different originally he was on different and he just with he just wasn't allowed to be on it because obviously he's in a group and we kind of do it but he did make a version of different and it was so good and i wanted it to come out so bad but better so does the version still exist it does i still have it Ooh, ooh, ooh! beautiful still there we all just leak it one day like, I don't know who did it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't know who did it. Like, like Maggie, you're the only one with a copy, so it had to be you. Yeah, I'll pull us up this interview. They're like, uh, <laughs> we have the evidence. Yo, Maggie Linderman, we've discussed a lot here. We've uh, dissected Paranoia. That is the EP. It is not an album. It is an EP. And I've realized that like people are afraid of albums, their first one and their second one. People fear the sophomore slump and... People will call mixtapes just so they can be like, oh, I haven't put out an album yet. And uh, I'm excited for the album whenever it comes, but I'm really excited for your music and to hear it evolve. It is a journey. Listen to the EP. There's a link in the description below. It's totally worth your time. It is phenomenal. Do you agree, Daniel? I think it's fantastic. This is the music I grew up on, and I can hear a lot of influences like – like I mentioned, Hawthorne Heights. Dude. I think there was a little bit of a uh, maybe. You, maybe you didn't hear this, but I heard a little bit of like early Lincoln Park in there. I which did. Was great. Thanks. Yeah, so there was a little bit of that in there. I was Paramore like Paramore Energy. Absolutely, Paramore. You uh, Sleeping with Sirens. You mentioned Kellen Quinn. So yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. I can't wait to see what the album holds. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Maggie Linderman, we thank you for giving us your time and energy. Hopefully, next time we see you for this album, it's in the studio on the couch and not uh. Not like this. I know. Hopefully so.
By the way, can you show us the posters on your wall? Is yeah, your... I used to have more, but I moved, so I don't have that. Oh, many. the cure. Yeah. Is this I your have... bedroom? Yeah, this is my room. Pink Floyd. Oh, sick. Yeah. Look at that. Like, you don't live in some, like, I I, I was expecting maybe more like a castle-like structure, but this seems uh, very, no, very well, normal. Feeling. Oh, okay. Never mind. JK, that looks oh. like, yeah, it looks like a <laughs> castle warehouse. I live in like a warehouse, basically. That's yeah. really cool, though. I'm into that. That's, that's awesome. D- Dan approved. Uh, <laughs> Maggie Linderman, everybody. Paramore. You're putting an R in her name. Is it Lindemann? Oh my God, Jesus Christ! I'm like literally so used to it at this point, and people have been doing it my whole life. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> Maggie Lindemann. That's why you looked at me funny at the top of this conversation. Well, why you, didn't you correct me? What the <laughs> is your problem? Well, you pronounce it. Well, we always pronounce people's name wrong, but like, yeah, but not in front of the person. It's rude to do it in front of the person. I know, but you always put an R in her name whenever we I mention know. her name. I so know. It's terrible. Just it, caught me off guard a it's, bit. I feel so bad, Maggie Lindemann. Jeez. That's all right. The comment section will be fun. <laughs> roast me go Bye. ahead I, I appreciate you very much thanks for giving us energy today and uh yeah next time in person and i won't f- your name uh love thank you paranoia that is the album link in the description below if you want to listen to it it's really good uh sick brain peace and love thank you dude <laughs> beautiful human thank you so much for listening to our entire conversation with maggie lindeman we really do appreciate you. Who should we talk to next? What music are you listening to? Reach out at Zach Sang Show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Zach Sang on any form of social media. We'll be back soon. Thank you so much for giving us your ear today. Seriously, thanks. <laughs> Peace and love. Have a great day.